Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. I'm super stoked today. I have Ava Cruz Pena. I know I butcher her name because I have no accent other than uh, American and sometimes New England. <laughs> Ava, how are you? I am good. How are you, Jen? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on. I meet great people online. We think we've met, you know, but we actually have never met. But Right. And I'm very excited to be here. So thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. Um, so I've been on your website because I cybersock the hell out of everyone that comes on my show, <laughs> as much as I can. You have a really great site. Super easy. I should start getting into like website navigation or some job with that because I've gotten good at, at it. Um, your website is your name. I'll have the link below. It's avacruzpena.com. And you say, live your life with courageous glam. Right. So tell me a little bit about what you do. There's a lot people can find online, but tell me mm -hmm. your perspective of what you do. So basically in a nutshell, what I do is that I help women connect to their truth and step fully in the world. That's basically what I do. The way I do that is I help women reintegrate the pieces of their lives that they've left behind and bring that back to themselves and then heal into wholeness. So that's, that's the gist of, of what I do of my work. So it can be anything really. Yeah. Yeah. Women come to me with different issues, mainly because they're feeling restless or they, there's a sense of being unfulfilled, even if they're successful and achieve, which is, you know, part of my story. And there's something that's just not right and they can't figure out what that is. And so it usually presents itself um, as perhaps they're discontent with their job or um, with something that they're doing or they want to explore something else. And it all goes down to that sense of there's something in their life that they've left behind that has to be reintegrated for them to experience that fulfillment or wholeness. Okay, so you actually, because I know, I want to talk about your degree so people know where you're coming from, because you've done therapy and now you're doing coach, and the easiest way I break that down is therapy looks backwards and coaching looks forward. Not 100% for either one, but I think the bulk of it. So tell me, tell me about your, um, the degrees you have and what you've done for work leading up to this. That will probably make some sense. Yes. So I have a bachelor's in, in science of nursing. So I was a nurse for a couple of years and working at the Mayo Clinic. And then I have two master's degree, one in counseling, mental health, and one in theology. And then I have my life coaching certification. So where did theology get thrown in there? Because you are very <laughs> science oriented. Right. Well, it, it all goes back to my story, you know, and so okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell yeah, you so yeah, that you can we'll get there. It all, can, it all comes together. <laughs> okay. Okay. Know? Okay. So you, I mean, you could be a therapist, you have theology, you can do nursing. You went through and got your certification, all your, you have a lot of letters after your name. It's very, right. so yeah. I've been a nurse, right? I've been a pastor of women. I've been a therapist. I've been a military chaplain. 
and a life coach. So yeah, I worn a few hats here and there. <laughs> but they all kind of interweave to some degree. And I'm sure more yes. than I realize because I'm trying to piece that all together. So yeah. now you're doing coaching and women. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that feeling of something's off, but I don't know what. And there's discontent, right. but why and where is that coming from? I think most of us can relate to that. And, um, and then fear. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you do. So take me back. Where did you grow up? Tell okay, me about so growing up and all that. I am of um, Puerto Rican descent. So I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Absolutely love um, my roots and my culture. And so, you know, our culture is very alive, very passionate, very bold and unapologetic, right? And so I was born into this family. And um, from early on, I was showing signs of leadership and creativity and, you know, that passion, right? But, um, you know, you start getting all these messages like you're too much or you're too impulsive or, you know, even though I am from Puerto Rico, we have issues of colorism there. And so I was too dark for some things, you know, and um, I grew up in the church. Uh, my mom was very involved in, in the church and I grew up in that environment and I've always been very curious. And so asking a lot of questions, well, those questions came across as, as rebellious, as, you know, not conforming, right? And so you start hearing these messages and because they're coming from so many places and they're coming all at once, you know, you have that natural need of wanting to belong and connect. And so you start losing pieces of yourself and you start adopting pieces in order to fit in, you know, with the culture around you. Right. And so that's basically how I describe my growing up and showing signs of, of wanting to explore something and then perhaps being put down because I was too much to handle. I was too impulsive. I was too smart or asked too many questions, right? And so pieces keep, you know, getting left behind or fragmented as I call, right? And so you adopt new pieces in order to fit in. And so I became very good at performing and, um, you know, graduated top of my class and I was always searching. I always knew that I cared about people, that I wanted to do something with my life that was meaningful. And so college was a hard time for me trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I tried different things. And I ended up in nursing because I thought, well, I want to care for people. So I think this is a good way of caring right. for people. Right. And so, um, graduated, moved to the U S got hired, uh, um, by the Mayo clinic to work as a nurse. Right. And so I, I met my husband, got married, had kids. Still, I was moving through life kind of like with this new patched up persona, right? And so very diplomatic, very poised, um, very successful. You know, I was able to um, get two master's degrees and, and have a successful life, successful career, right? But what happened? What happened was that there was always that restlessness in the, in the depths of my soul, right? Something was not, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. And every time I achieved something, right? And every, I got the praise of everybody, all these accolades. I was feeling completely lifeless afterwards. Like, oh shoot, that was not it. 
you know? And so I kept looking for spaces where I could take care of people, right? So nursing was very much of that physical aspect, but I knew that I wanted to care for their souls and their spirit and their emotions, right? So then I moved into theology because I had grown up in the church. And so I thought, you know, perhaps my calling is more like caring for women in the spiritual sense, but I found... I found church to be very constricting and very limiting and, 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 you know, all these questions that I had were not welcome. Right. And so I thought, well, I'll look for a space where I can take care of women in the emotional space, you know, and so I became a therapist and I absolutely loved um, working with the people that I worked with. Um, I worked a lot with survivors of sexual trauma and that work was really, really meaningful. Right. And so, but again, like within, and I had done work as a client, um, you know, I had my own therapist because I think it's very important for us that are caring for people to have a space where we can be taken care of. Right. So underneath I was, uh, this restlessness kind of kept brewing and growing. Right. And so one day I was putting my kids to bed, my daughters to bed, and I was making my way back to my room after I had a very successful, or at least I thought it was a very successful day at my job and all of a sudden like I felt this punch in my gut and I felt like I was gonna die and I had the worst panic attack I've ever had in my entire life and I felt like my life was coming to an end and I saw you know how they say that sometimes you people that are like close to dying they see like their life in a, in a movie or something like their life passed by right and I saw myself arriving at the end of my life completely broken and in pieces and that was really profound for me. Like I could, I knew I was having a panic attack, but it felt very real. And I felt like I was dying and I felt like I was dying and I hadn't, I hadn't arrived fully at the end of my life. Right. And so the next day I ended up in my psychiatrist's office, who was a dear friend. We, I used to do teaching assistant for him and he knew me really well. And so he looked at me and he said, Ava, you are a very successful and accomplished woman. You've done a lot, a lot with your life. And he said, but unless you tend to your soul, you're, you're always going to go through life restless, um, looking for that thing. And so that did something to me. And I knew that I had to take time to figure out what that restlessness was about. And so I'd already enrolled in life coaching training because I wanted to have skills to bring into um, you know, the work that I was doing at the time, which was, you know, pastoring and, and doing therapy. And little did I know that in that space of personal and professional development, I would come to realize that the piece that was always missing from the picture was me because wow. I wasn't bringing myself to life. And so life coaching became for me the container, that sacred space where I was able to unfold and unbecome so I could become me again. And that kind of sparked the passion for me to then turn around and provide that same space for women to explore what are the pieces that need to be reintegrated in their life so that they can heal into wholeness. And so that's basically my story and how it ties to what I do. So you're talking about self-care at a much higher level. Cause I, oh, yeah, it goes beyond, beyond what yeah. we understand, yeah. I don't think women, they, you know, I, I always say 
self-care isn't a coupon book from your kids at Mother's Day. Right. That, that's not what it is. That's great. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it, but that is not self-care. And it looks a little bit different for all of us. It can be right. just something as little as learning to say no to things you don't want to do. Right, right. But you have to get, and you're talking like much, much, much deeper. Right. I'm talking about soul care. Yeah. Those underneath to the depth of who you are you were i'm i'm gonna make an assumption you were um you were not lucky lucky is not the right word but you were kind of blessed that the work that you had done was really part of who you are anyway right 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 and i feel like yeah it is blessing it is a blessing yeah it's a blessing um and i think it's because i always had that that um, thing inside of me that knew that I wanted to to care for people mm -hmm. and so I was looking for spaces where I could do that and those spaces um, you know felt felt very holistic when I was able to integrate them all together you know that's that's the ticket yeah right I'm able to come from a very integrated space into in yeah integrated space very holistic because I can look at a woman and I can look at all the dimensions and I can, you know, speak to that physical aspect of rest and nutrition and taking care of your body. But I can also look at her spirit and I can look at her faith. What is it that she believes in? And I also look at that emotional, mental, social peace. And so I have all those tools um, and it's not to brag, but I come as a very equipped life coach um, with all this experience and I look at a woman as a whole and I think that's that's very important when we're doing a lot of yeah. very complete I mean holy cow there's nobody ever very rare I mean I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head that has a medical background and a religion I, I can't think of anyone mm. that does medical religious and then more spiritual so that's now I see how they're all tied mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. for me it looked like you were a science major who went off the rails <laughs> into oh. theology. <laughs> I'm like, she's really good at science, but she thought she'd throw in some religion there. <laughs> but now, now the journey makes more sense that right. that's, that was your approach. So mm -hmm. you were already doing the coaching and it was just like the next step to try to figure out what was right. missing in your own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was the actual final piece. Right. You might not have known that if someone hadn't challenged you. Right. How did this change your relationship with your husband, with your kids, with your family? Um, and it's been a, it's been an adjustment because then you know you heal into wholeness and then you're completely transformed because the person that emerges out of that healing is completely different. You know, especially if you have adopted pieces because you think you need to be a certain way. And so it's been a process of adjustment for my family and my kids. And, you know, it takes a lot of communication and a lot of grace um, to be able to understand that mom is going through this change. You know, the, I, I, I would think that they would use the word change. Mom is going through this change. Um, and it can be sometimes a little bit scary, but at the same time, I feel like my daughters have awakened um, their sense of, of, of identity in terms of like completely becoming who they are. And so we've had talks and, you know, I've had to undo a lot of the things that perhaps I taught them when I was a certain way. And, 
And now we have conversations about, you know, my experience and they get to see that firsthand and they get to ask questions and they get to experience that alongside with me. And I think it's been really powerful for them, especially in the aspect of that voice piece. That was a huge thing for me. And just to see them develop their own voice has been really, really cool to see. With my husband, it's been, yeah, it's been challenging. It's been it's been tough and at first it was like oh my gosh like who is this woman like and and you know we had conversations like I feel like I'm not the same woman you married and you know at one point I felt really um clear as to give him the freedom to walk away if he if he wasn't in a space where he could accept this you know like I didn't want to then have him to think that now he had to take me and because he was married to me, he had to accept who I was, you know, because what if it, he wasn't okay with that, you know? And so I gave him that space and that freedom. And, you know, it's, he's a champ. He's still, <laughs> he's still with me. He sometimes doesn't understand. And sometimes he's like, I don't even, I don't want to know. Just do your thing. It's okay. You know, so it's a change. And that's okay. And I think in every relationship, no matter what you are, you're making a decision to grow together. Right, right. Because if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. Right. That doesn't mean you can't have separate spaces that you work in. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a healthy balance. I mean, Dane plays basketball and I don't even know the rules. Right. (laughs) Right. And I always tell him, like, I'm a baller. I am, I'm totally this professional, semi-professional basketball player. I can't, like, I do not play basketball, okay? But it is a passion of his that he loves. And I am passionate about his passion. Right, and Watching right. him play and seeing him come alive. And, well, when, you're, when you get a little older and uh, we don't need to make as much money, maybe you mm-hmm. can coach. I mean, I love the process of his joy I don't have to understand all the rules. Right. It's okay to have separation mm-hmm. and still be completely supportive. So right. I, right. I mean, I think in marriage you do have to kind of make a choice, but I understand what you're saying when you right. switch gears. And I was that kid that asked too many questions, especially mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. And I loved church and had this amazing, just my faith is just innately part of who I am. It's like mm-hmm. just the fiber of my being. It's mm-hmm. just there and I never question it. Mm-hmm. But it, I never found a place to go to worship on Sunday where I felt like it was completely okay to ask questions. Right. So you stop going and you lose that part of yourself, right. you know, right. a right. little bit. It's, there isn't another way to get it the same. Right. Not that you can't get it at all. But so I completely understand where you're coming from. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So I... I was given, I don't know if it was advice, but I heard something that resonated with me. Um, it said to take, when you look back on your life and I'm 47, so there's been a little bit of life there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about the things that you're wistful of the things in your life that like I took photography, my senior high school mm-hmm. and I loved photography and I'm always wistful about that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you have a great remembrance. It's something mm-hmm. that's part of you, but you don't currently do it. It's just something from your past that you're wistful about and things that you do now that you have true passion for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can blend them. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of what you did and kind of on the right track of what you are doing with the women you coach? 
Yeah, um, I think there are lessons in every experience that we've had, you know, good or bad, good or bad. Um, you know, I did a lot of things, you know, church for me growing up was, was a bittersweet experience. Like I've always known that God, and I use the term universe right now because I feel that's more authentic to, to who I am. But it, there was always the sense of I knew there was there was this a power, a spirit bigger than myself out there that cared about me as a person and that was a, a very creative force, right? And so um, growing up, for example, like in church, I had really great experiences where I grew and um, even in like in artistic ways or, you know, my love for learning new things, I think came from studying the Bible, you know, and wanting to know more about that. And so um, there are always opportunities for learning and, and just taking the lessons, even in the things that, that perhaps are bitter to us, you know, um, more recently we had a very unfortunate um, incident that it's it's getting some media attention um due to racial profiling and stuff and and while the incident was really unfortunate um there are tons of lessons there for us to continue growing and using that piece of voice in the world to make to make a positive change if people take that opportunity right right and and there yeah. needs to be um a degree of awareness and openness like you have to be in a space where you're able to to make the choice to see those things as opportunities um instead of you know just being overwhelmed by the situation and and let bitter and anger kind of yeah what was the biggest change with you what did you learn the most about yourself when you went through the process about your past and what you had been doing yeah um that i was completely fine the way i was that there was nothing wrong with me um, and that i had within myself all the knowledge and all the tools that i needed to create a life that i wanted i just needed somebody to draw those out and help me just you know crack open a little bit and and, and be able to have confidence in me in the times that i didn't believe that those things were good things you know because once you hear the same story over and over you believe those things and that's what i do with my clients like we go a little bit in the past but we don't stay there for very long you know we go and we find that message or that belief and then we switch it around for example like like i am too much you know that is perhaps i am too much for some people but the truth in that is that i am a very passionate woman you know, and I, that I take space and I have energy. And so when I enter a space, my energy creates, you know, space, takes up space. And that's okay. Some people can handle that space. And those that can, well, those are not the people that I choose to engage with, you know. And so it's, it's those things and, and yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. you probably learned that it was a good thing to ask questions. I mean, you put yourself in places where you were constantly learning and getting degrees. Right. So right. you right. like inadvertently placed mm -hmm. yourself in a space where you were expected to question. Right. Everything. Right. But it's okay to keep doing that even if you're not working on another master's. Right, right. You can Absolutely. stop. You don't need more <laughs> master's. <laughs> no, totally. My husband's like, oh my gosh, please stop. <laughs> I mean, 
But I, I mean, I would feel like you did that because that made you comfortable asking mm-hmm. questions, which is something innate yeah. to who you are. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're able to create that comfort zone from the negative stuff in the past. Like mm-hmm. that's a great example. Mm-hmm. And other times you just have to learn like with being too much, it's okay to mm-hmm. be too much. And mm-hmm. you know, with kids, I mean, I've always told my kids be your authentic self mm-hmm. and that's changing, you know, teenagers, it's, 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 and it's okay that it's changing mm-hmm. and you can be wrong. Mm-hmm. And you can learn new things that shift your perception or right. opinion. Totally fine. But in every in those moments, be authentically yourself because mm-hmm. people will authentically like you or not. Right. right. And at least when you're surrounded by people, you'll know that they're there for the right reasons mm-hmm. and the right person. And and then trying to pretend to fit in to be something that you're not. And then, you know. What well, is and, it? Not, and you never end up fitting in. You can't. It's no. not who you are. So you, you're always finding yourself trying to find new places to fit in and adapting to those places to fit in. And it's just, it's, it's a restless place to be at. Yeah, it is. I, my kids grew up with me running. And um, now that a lot of them are older, people say to me, I, I just thought you'd have kids that were runners. <laughs> well, kids are interested mm-hmm. in things that they're subjected to because they're surrounded by it. It's what they know. I didn't run so that they become runners. I ran so that they understood that it was important to take care of their body in whatever way they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I always think it's interesting. You know, you can't shove something down someone's throat right. and expect it to take. They have to have that, that testimony within themselves that mm-hmm. it's right for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you think, I'm curious what some of the biggest roadblocks are when women come to you it's fear it's fear fear fear. yeah yeah it's always fear in some shape or form you know fear of what they might find you know in the past fear of who they might need fear of the perception of who they think they need to embrace um you know as they reintegrate fear about how they'll be perceived in the world you know, fear of losing relationships. It's, it's all about, it's all about fear. You know, it doesn't matter how they come to me, you know, in, in therapy, we always said that the issue is never the issue. There's always stuff underneath. And so it doesn't matter what the presenting, presenting symptom is or presenting issue is. It all goes down to those basic primal emotions of fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the fear is like their, their own fear of who they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd think mm-hmm. there'd be enthusiasm and excitement in that because mm-hmm. you finally get to not have to pretend anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A- instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, when they come, they don't know that that is what's underneath, you know, and some of them come thinking, Perhaps I just need a different job. Um, oh, yeah. Change career. So they're not thinking at that level. Most of them aren't. Um, they're just thinking there's something in their life that's, that's off, and they want to figure out what that is. And then once they start, you know, processing and exploring and opening up, then it's like, you know, deer in the headlights kind of face, you know, it's like, oh, there's more there that I wasn't aware of. 
but that makes sense, you know, because that's the soul speaking, just begging right. to, to come out. And I would think sometimes we haven't listened for so long, we don't even realize. And we don't recognize the voice. Right. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it must be a little, there, that's a lot for someone to process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, yeah. yeah, that's why it takes a very, that's why I hold that space. And yeah. to me, it's a very sacred space. You know, and I don't rush it. And very gent- gentle, very gently, I hold that space, you know, using the power of, of presence and voice and just very gently guiding because we as women need time. We need time. And so I hold that space for them and just kind of, sometimes I call it, I sit in the suck with them. <laughs> I and love it. At some point, it happens and I'm there to guide them and hold a hand and you know I often say that I um, guide women towards truth whether it is personal truth or universal truth and you do that in in a place where you feel safe absolutely mm-hmm. it's interesting I had an experience 10 or 12 years ago where I was working the job that my ex-husband he, he was he's a dentist so okay. I worked in the dental office it wasn't my dream I knew that. I was aware of that. But mm-hmm. when we split, it had been what I'd known for over a decade. So I went to work in a dental office. And that they sold the dental practice. And so I didn't have a job. And I was so lost because I had spent mm-hmm. so much time supporting someone else's dream and being a mom. Right. I had no, I, and I was very upfront. I don't know who I am or what I want. But my thought was job oriented mm-hmm. because yeah. you do, I didn't need to get a job and I need to make certain right. income. Right. And I hired a life coach. And mm-hmm. back when, like, I mean, 10 or 12 years ago, it wasn't right. that common. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely not a good fit. And it was not a good format. But I didn't know that at the time. And I did learn a lot from it. But basically, she was like, the bottom line came out with all of our talking. Um, and she was on the wrong path for a really long time, helping me figure things out. Because we have a huge family. So she kept thinking I should do childcare or teaching. And I'm like, I don't like other people's kids. <laughs> I do. But, you know, like I, right, right, right. I That's am, not I'm 18. I don't need any, I don't want right. to do anything with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to school. I got licensed to do hair because I like people. I like setting my own. So it fit like the parameters. Right. And I don't, I do it, I'm licensed still, and I do it for my family, but I haven't worked in a salon. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was Dane looking at me and realizing, like, why are you, why are you working? Do, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because I went to a life coach and I, right, right. the square peg went in the square hole. It kind of fit. Right. 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 But absolutely, it was never, and, and it was never what I wanted. Right. Never. Right. It just, it made sense and it fit, so I did it. And it wasn't a bad thing, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the right thing. So you do have to kind of sit in the suck. That's right. a great and, and a lot of, I think a lot of, um, I won't say a lot of coaches, but, you know, there's, there's a huge focus in the doing. Yeah. And I approach this from a being, you know, because the soul is, is a being, it's, it's not a doing thing, you know, and we can do different things that fit and we can be really good at it. I did that. I got two master's degrees yeah. and I was really good at it. Um, but that, at that soul level, at that being level, 
you need to look at that if you really want lasting change. And so what is that thing that brings your soul to life? And it usually is tied to meaning, you know, something that's really meaningful for you. Right. Um, and that's, that's where I want to go with women. And that's the people that I work with have to be willing to go to that because I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. And I don't want you to waste mine. So I'm not going to work up here at surface level and tell you, yeah, go open a daycare practice. That, that you do you because once you connect with your soul you'll know what right. it is that you're meant to do in this world wow how fantastic so how what's the biggest example of a change because you have you may have had a huge transformation and change but you were blessed in that what was in your wheelhouse was really stuff that you wanted. Those were great tools. So mm -hmm. it's not like, I don't feel like I wasted time getting licensed to do hair, but I wasted my time getting licensed to do hair. If I had never done it, I would not be any different off, right? right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ever use it for anything that I do. And most people don't even know that it exists. Mm -hmm. But my kids have really good haircuts. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, we save a ton of money because we have a big family. So it, it wasn't a waste of time in that sense. Right. But it was a waste of time in the sense that it, was, it did not serve me at all, personally. And it took time. And so you kind it of did. diverted from yep. your path for a little bit. So right. what's the biggest change where someone went from doing one thing unlike you where you kind of kept what you had gotten degrees in in your wheelhouse mm -hmm. tell me tell me something that was a bigger transformation so for like a client you mean yeah for anyone yeah. or someone you know um yeah so this woman came to me and she didn't want to do her job anymore she wanted to to figure out a different career path right and so in conversation in, in our work together, it was clear for me that she had the makings of a coach, right? Now I have, I read people for a living. That's, that's what I do. That's what I did as a therapist too. But that's not something I impose on people or, you know, I offer things completely unattached. And if it lands, it lands. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then we move on because perhaps you're not ready for it or perhaps that's, that's not it. And so I didn't offer that um, to her, but it was really cool to see her process arrive at that same spot. And then one day she said, I think I want to be a life coach. I think I'd be really good at it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I could see her soul um, just, just doing that. And so our relationship was really sweet because you know, even though she was my client and I was offering that space for her, in her response, she was offering me a very cool space too. And so it was really cool to see her, you know, she was coming from an accounting background. Yeah. And, okay. That was my next question. Oriented. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she wanted, she wanted that stability and she wanted that. And so seeing her just step into this world that was completely different than the accounting and coming to a place where she was like, yeah, this is what my soul wants to do. And she was definitely afraid of it. Like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this happen? And uh, I was like, one step at a time. You know, the first thing you need to be clear is what is it that your soul wants to do? Yeah. And then it will be revealed to you as, you know, little by little. And so I feel in, in that space, you know, I was able to bring kind of like that faith and spirituality aspect as you don't need to have everything figured out. 
as long as your soul is awakened and you know what the meaning of it is and what's your purpose, then it'll reveal itself to you. And she's off doing, she's already studying under Martha Beck and I see her, you know, and so that's like, oh, like one of my peeps. <laughs> it's interesting because I think about the way we interact with other people. I have a daughter that has a lot of anxiety. Mm. And so we, she's a senior in high school. She's getting ready to move out on her own. I don't want her to feel like this is something that cripples her. I want it to turn, right. turn it into a strength, but I don't right. necessarily have the skills to do that. So she and I have a lot of conversations. She's done therapy. She's done acupuncture. She's done mm -hmm. like everything we can think of. So yeah. I said to her one day, well, what, you know, what do you, cause she's very involved in the process. Mm. And she said, mom, I want to try hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. And I said, fantastic. You need to find the person. So right. go online and search. Mm -hmm. So she did. And because she wasn't 18, um, I called the woman and I said, can you, the first thing I say, can you tell me your story? Mm -hmm. Like you're a hypnotherapist and I love that stuff, but mm -hmm. did you wake up one day and decide right. I want to be a hypnotherapist? <laughs> like we're, she said, I was an accountant. I was working in a corporate mm -hmm. job. I made a ton of money. It was very high stress, lots of hours. And I was crippled with anxiety. Right. And I didn't know it was anxiety. I just thought I was getting sick. So you mm. go to the doctor. You're trying to rule out, like, what is the matter with right. me? Right. 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 And she said, a friend of mine said, oh, you should go see this person who was a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. And she said, it changed my life so much that once I went through my own transformation, I quit right. accounting and I went and got licensed to be a hypnotherapist. Right. That's the person I want. Right, right. It's personal. They've gone through the journey before and it's yeah. changed them in such a way that now they've turned around and have offered that to other people. Yeah. Right. And I love that. And I think that would be like the, the biggest mm -hmm. and greatest, most wonderful, beautiful thing to see mm -hmm. is that person who's not, doesn't even know they're unhappy. They know they're off. I mean, I've had times right. in my life where I'm like, I just feel off. There's right. nothing Mm -hmm. very innocuous. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you come like that and you go, I feel off. Could you help me figure mm -hmm. that out? And it's mm -hmm. like an explosion. Right. Right. And I love that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you stumble. Mm -hmm. It's an accident inadvertently upon right. 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 what you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so exciting. I, I was, it's so, it was so um, interesting to me this morning when I was studying about you for this, to try to prepare for the interview. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I cannot put these pieces together. <laughs> it's so to hear that this is what you, who you became right. to help others. Because that's my favorite story. Right. Aww, I'm a hugger. I'd be hugging you. <laughs> you back too yeah and I think it's like yeah it's the perfect example of reintegrating those pieces to become who you are yeah and that that the aha moment must be exceptional whether you kind of saw it beforehand or it's a process that happens over time mm -hmm. I would think holding someone's hand through becoming would yes. be yes. the best gift in the whole world Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I remember back when I was very little and I don't think I, I, my mom said I was probably three or four. And she said that I always said that I wanted to bring babies into the world. Right. And so now looking back, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to bring babies into the world, but I am about bringing life out. You know, so when I see a woman, I see life just yelling from within her and I, my job is to birth that you know to just kind of coach her so that she can bring that light forth 
into the world. That's like the most satisfying thing ever. That is a crazy awesome analogy. Yeah. yeah oh absolutely. my gosh. <laughs> because you are doing exactly what you said when you were three, but not right. the way we I would right. have ever imagined. Right, right. Absolutely. That's so fun. Of course now I want to have it done. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> as soon as you said, well my job is to read people, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> not in that sense. <laughs> I'll show you my palms. <laughs> I won't be able to help you there. <laughs> You're like, you have very nice hands. You should get a manicure. <laughs> How beautiful you are and your, your, the profession that you created. I love this. Thank you. I love, I love it. I How could you not? With it. Yeah. Because the women that come to you are already in the mode of searching, even if they have no idea what that looks like. Right. It can be just like going to your doctor and saying, yeah, I'm not sick, but I feel a little off, which I did in January. <laughs> I'm like, I feel a little off. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't have medicine for that. Right, right. Um, but that we know when we're a little bit off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, in, in, in this is a side story completely, but for three years, my daughter and I knew there was something wrong with us and the medical community kept pushing us out. No, everything comes all right. Like there is something that's not right. And it took us three years to find out what it was, but I kept pushing because I knew what that there was, was something wrong. Um, <laughs> my daughter and I have uh, something called chronic inflammatory response syndrome because we were intoxicated with mold. And so because she and I have a gene mutation that prevents us from eliminating toxins from our bodies, the toxins recirculate. And for three years, we just, we kept, the toxins inside and it really hurt us and so yeah that sense of i know there's something off check 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 nope there's nothing wrong until i found a, a doctor that was actually willing to listen to me and just order the tests that i needed and yeah there was there was something wrong with us and isn't that the biggest thing it's figuring out how you stumble across the right person right because right right he's the right person can it's mm -hmm. night and day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's outstanding. Yeah. And it's you saying, no, you're wrong. Right, right. And it's having that, that self-agency self just to advocate for yourself because yeah. we are the best ones that know our bodies. We're the ones that inhabit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have loved this conversation so much. Thank you, Jen. I've loved it too. <laughs> I really appreciate you. And we will, is the e easiest place to find you through the website? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or on Facebook, but the website's pretty good. Yeah. The website's great. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very easy and self-explanatory. There's a little contact button. Right. I know because I stalked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll put all your information in the show notes and how to get a hold of you. And I hope that women connect just to figure out, just to get go a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will, I will love that. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.